Let me oh. record too. Yeah, you record too. Okay, here we go. Oisey, kick it with a yo. Yo, from the German, it's so unsexy. <laughs> yo. 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 You gotta draw it out a little more. Yo. Yo. Welcome to another episode of the Where It Went podcast where we are only ever discussing the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. We made it to episode, well, n- number 50 today. We've yeah. had more than 50 episodes, but this is episode 050, Revelation Records in-flight program, end of season one. Well, our, yeah, end yeah. of season one. And we have a special guest today, uh, Oisey Ronsberger from End Hits Records coming Live all the way from Germany, uh, from Bavaria, right? <laughs> Accurate, yes. Yes. Bavar- so pr- Bavarian pretzels, and I'm in Philly, pretzels. So we're really, we're maybe linked by the, uh, the pretzel. pretzelness, by the yeah. pretzelness of our existence. <laughs> so I'm we're going to, like, when. Go ahead, Oisey. When you guys invited me for this episode again, I was like, Hmm. Are they on to something? Because it's a kind of a, it's like can carry that movie. I'm kind of like, maybe they just want to trip me to the prom to dump a bunch of pig blood on me. Because... Not at all. That's basically it, yes. <laughs> because I'm a, yeah. it's a jape. I'm a suspicious person. I it's can, all a big know, jape. Like... This is an elaborate, elaborate prank <laughs> that played out over. Now it's been like, I was actually thinking before we came on, I was like, you know, we did the, um, you know, because the way you have, I have the one of those apps that tells you like a year ago this day, two years ago this day, and I saw recently we did the Shelter Perfection of Desire, and that was kind of ah. when we, you know, we really started talking, and now you've you've been on a couple times, and we we talk regularly, and um, I just I'm very appreciative of your friendship, and uh, I'm super happy that the podcast. Like, able to facilitate that um but it's but i'm like wow it's already been like a year like the time has gone by now if we did one episode a week this would have come out and what like uh we started in the beginning of july of 2020 so this would have been like june yeah so really we're not, we're not, that, I mean, we're not nearly as bad as you would think yeah we're it's six not like, months behind yeah which <laughs> even the fact that all of you have kids and jobs or kids on the way yeah. it on it's the way impressive it's thank pretty you. impressive <laughs> yeah we got thank seven you, kids you. between us and and it's, wait no we do six kids six kids i'm like what? i was about to see if i had pick another up, one i didn't pick know. up another one <laughs> pick up a stray along the way well i was thinking too yeah you bring up a good point boys is like I'm not trying to like, you know, make us out to be heroes, but I do think sometimes people don't realize how much time we spend, you know, doing all this stuff with working jobs. My particular job is insanely busy during this time of year. Um, Sometimes I'm working Saturdays and Sundays. So that just shows how much we do care about what we're doing. And And we're we're so glad when people, are into it because we do put a lot of work in. Yeah, even yeah. after we re- sit down and record for two hours, I got to edit for longer than that. Jason yeah. has to come up with all the graphics, editing the videos and stuff. 
And, and I'm just Greg, a hustler. Like, Greg's like setting up all the interviews and talking to people. I can't like, believe, yeah. And you guys are in two different time zones for once. Then yeah, you bring I'm, all these guests on who have their crazy schedules too. Like it's uh, it's an impossible feat that you guys pull off somehow. So uh, heads off. Thank, thank you, you for putting the thank work in. Yeah, bit at bow to us. And speaking of bit at bows, <laughs> is there anyone else that we need to... I want to just give a shout out in a bit of bow to all the patrons mm. that help us out. It helps out a lot. And like you just said, we don't get paid for this. We're not sponsored by Rev to do this. We're doing this from our love for these bands. But that little bit of extra money helps us out to buy the releases that we need to pick up to do the research for these episodes. And it's cool. And it's the end of the year. And so thank you to everybody that supported us through the years yeah man dead Great. stock cassettes don't buy themselves yeah <laughs> i did, a, I did and, quite and, a few box breaks and, this year and like um <laughs> yeah and and just everybody that's stuck by us since the beginning and and you know i love getting feedback like you know on wednesdays oh i hate it jason jason and i will, will always joke <laughs> see, jason and i talked before i said i hate it <laughs> We'll talk before we know that Hobbs, you know, because Hobbs not awake, and we don't want him to wake up to like seventy five messages in the whatever. chat. Yeah, they have a side I, chat where they talk yeah. shit on me on side. No, <laughs> I personally I hate waking up to seventy five messages. So maybe I'm just thinking of me. But we'll always be like, yo, this Wednesday, you fucked, and we're like, yeah, we're fucked because we know like, and by <laughs> fuck we mean one. we're not going to be able to like focus on work because we're supposed to be working our real jobs. And instead we're like, oh man, you know, people hitting us up and liking the episode or, you know, I I get a lot of what that did Javier really just say that or did you, and then I'll hear, (laughs) did did you really never listen to or to me, did you really never listen to this or you really like this or whatever? Yeah. Um, And it's just, uh, but it it keeps it fun. And um, we are very appreciative of really everybody who listens writes a review, tells somebody about the pod. Yeah. Shares it in stories or whatever. It's just come on the pod. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's nice because we do put a lot of work in. um, So having a few bucks to like, you know, like, like, like Jason said, get the releases that we need. Cause you know, Jason does all these cool graphics and it's a lot easier when you actually have the physical release and, um, I'm just blabbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you said you had a good point too. Thanks to all the guests that came on over yeah. the years. Cause that's, I mean, that's essential to what we're doing to tell the full stories of these releases. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have, do you have any uh, bit of those half? Uh, you no, know, you mentioned people hitting you up and saying stuff. I feel like I really get a couple regulars of those. And one is Tyler from inclination who I've, mentioned on here quite a few times. And then Andrew Rizek, who was a Rev employee for a while during the late 90s. Uh, and he was in a few bands. He was actually in the band Focused with one of our patrons, Dirk. And he was in a band called Treadwell. And he was a Zed Records employee. I'm, I'm sure you've seen videos of Zed Records. Nice. Uh, yeah, so he worked there. And he, he'll always hit me up with like really great Shinfo about rev stuff like you know behind the scenes stuff 
and uh, really interesting factoids about like paper towels and stuff like that. So it's really cool <laughs> to, to hear from him. From, there's, from a, there's a Salad Day shirt. There's a Minor Threat Salad Day shirt printed from Zed Records where it's backwards. The image is backwards. Oh, Have really? you seen that? Uh-uh. Yeah. Weird vintage. This is true, Shinfo. You can edit this out if you want uh-huh. to. But no, yeah, no, it's for it. Zed Records. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I one time, I think I might have mentioned this before, I got a burn shirt printed on screen stars that was in the $3 bin at Zed records. And it was just the pink and yellow ink on the front, no back print. And it was a size large. And this was in like, you know, 1995 or something like that. So that was an anomaly also. And I held onto that thing until like maybe 2011 when I sold it for three digits on the Ebay's. Really? So, yeah, for sure. Damn. They so all, have, oh, so they ahead, sold sorry. a lot of good uh, stickers, and I think it was like eh, some stuff was maybe not legitimate, but uh, it, it it was a good place to go. So, do you get hit up when you have These, say a hot take? So, so in other words, like, so I will say more than and and you've seen it. Like I said, we we talk, we talk. Sure. Believe it or not, the three of us. We talk outside of the podcast. Uh-huh. Like this isn't the only time that Jason, Javier, and I talk. But like, I felt like for especially for Sensefield Building and Texas is the reason were ones where it was like people. I think were flabbergasted. People were fucking blown away that maybe that I you didn't. didn't I didn't. You like weren't really record. a fan. And I want to ask. I want to put them on the spot. Sure. Oisey. So what do you? So what do you think when you hear like? You know, a record like Building that you love. It's right? a perfect record. A perfect right. record. Yes, as you everybody knows. It, and you hear that Javier is like, eh, this isn't for me. When you're you know listening, what I, you, like, know, what, you know what I think? I'm really glad I started to meditate and can have empathy for Javier and his outrageous <laughs> <laughs> opinions. That's what I'm thinking. I'm giving a big bit of bone to myself for training my mind for situations like that. You're like, Usa. <laughs> but again, um, my take was this that I try to tell people. If it was just the three of us puffing everything up, I don't think I don't know. I don't know if it would necessarily be as enjoyable. Um, you know, maybe, you, know oh, remember you sent me that one podcast where someone was like, oh, they're throwing softballs at, the, you know, like kind of can't win. Yeah. No. It's like, yeah. People thought that I was being too easy on on these records or maybe we weren't being critical enough. So, yeah, you really can't win. I, I it, feel like yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm never like, oh, this shit fucking sucks. You know, it's not just like blatant, outright shit talking negativity. It's just like, oh, I didn't really like this record, but let me tell you what I do think is cool about this record. It has great artwork. The drums sound nice. They yeah. seem like really cool guys, but I'm just like, man, I, I, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Whatever. But you know, one of the things you know I what it is, Greg? What? When, when you get to the speak uh, record on Revelation, there's a great lyric from Dana Mahoney where it's like I'm not running for office and I appreciate that Javier is not running for office <laughs> yeah I mean I, I might like win. that record by I the might way. win you know you never know <laughs> but the thing is the thing is I think I was I was thinking about this recently is like we're in a we're in a kind of an odd you know we're we're sort of I don't want to say painted into a corner 
but let's say it was just the three of us talking about releases. Then I think it's like, okay, one guy likes it. One guy loves it. One guy doesn't like it, whatever. But because we get interviews, you know, it is kind of different because I think people have to understand we, a lot of times we record these interviews. We're not doing the commentary until maybe a day later, maybe a week later. So it's not like we're talking beforehand, inviting people in. And then the second they sign off, we're like, all right, now I'm going to tell you. Now I get to talk shit. Like, and I want to make sure that people kind of know that too, is it's not like, you know, the friend leaving the lunch table and then everyone's like, Oh my God, did you see the shoes they were wearing? Like, it's not, (laughs) it's not like that. And I feel weird even having to like justify that and say that, but I just, I want to make it clear that like we do the interviews because we're here to archive and to have it be for a fan, you know, someone that likes someone that loves building now can go and listen to that episode and listen to the interview with Sensefield. Now, a year from now, two years from now, whatever. It's just like a fanzine. You know, there were fanzines where there'd be an interview with the band and then you go to the back and read the reviews and the editor would say they didn't like the record. Yeah. Or like personal writings about, fucking being emo or whatever but it's like i just want to look at the photos and read the interviews and i don't really care what you have to say so you could you could forward through us talking all you want and just listen to the interview because you know i'm not going to tell a member of one of these bands like yeah i think your record sucks right i mean because because again for archival purposes that doesn't make sense to do that during an interview because again we're having the interviews for the people that are fans luckily for me so far, everything we've done, I've been a fan of. So right, and and it, you brought up a good point, and I'll, I'll say this in public: the same people who are complaining that I don't like a Sensefield or Texas is a reason record. What happens to them when we get to rev like one fifty, you know, or or one twenty? Some of these records that came out in the mid two thousands that were CD only, and maybe it's like screamo or chaotic metal and it's not fucking new york hardcore let's see how you fucking like these records you know <laughs> that's a good point that is a good point hey, i just think, hey, I just with, think- with hindsight i'm gonna say it i didn't really like the Warzone seven inch i'm just gonna say it right now i don't really like the Warzone seven inch i don't give a fuck I'm like flabbergasted. You I'm okay. I like it. So, hey, I like it. Hey, are we ready to get on to? Oh yeah, let's flight? Do it. Because I have I have a good opener for this. I think. I wanted to give one more bit of yeah, bow. bit of bow. You, Kick you, it. You, you can. Um, I'll well, save it. I got two it. It's building. It's one. been building. Um, but you can edit this out if this nah. person doesn't want it in there. One, I want a bit of bow, easy. Yeah, hell uh, yeah, and end yes. bits. Um, they're doing great things. Like I said, in the past year, I'm thinking of all the releases. You did the, you know, two different shelter records, the, uh, war on illusion book, the downset, the Duchamp. Um, and I know that Nathan gray, uh, you got hot water music coming. Uh, I think actually by the time you listen to this, cause this will be at the end of the year, Nathan gray's new album, which was produced by Brian McTurnan, another you know one of our you know most loved people. Um, so just like I said earlier, I'm super happy we've 
become friends and had you on here and got to have some laughs, but have some, you know, we have some nice conversations. So thank you. And I also want to give a bit of bow to Jason and Hav. Um, Like I said, Javier with the editing and stuff, like I'm thinking about how I would, I would just not be able to do that time wise and technicality wise. Like I don't have the skills. I can barely send the files when we record them to Hav. So thank you. And Jason for the graphics and everything. And again, you can take this out if you want, but you know, you, you mentioned it already a little bit and you've posted about it, but you know, Jason's about to become a dad. Yeah. Um, and I want to, you know, just bit about him. He's going to be great at it. And I'm super, super happy for Jason and for his wife. And um, so that's obviously why in January, we'll just be having some like Patreon content. So you might just have me and Hav. Jason's going to be doing something arguably more important than talking about like 30 year old records. <laughs> so I just wanted to bid it bow. And, and it's been just, I mean, Javier and I've been pretty close for the past five, six years. Jason, I've known for a long time, but the pod really brought us closer together and talking all the time. And I'm super grateful. So Amen. that's my year end spiel. Wrap it. Yeah. And None of you guys are going to top that. So no, no you're not. It. Thank you. And I look try. forward to pestering you for dad tips, both you and Javier. <laughs> so thank you in advance. I think right. it's time to. Can I kick it? Kick it, kick it Yo, I'm going to just say, I don't think this is a CD that should have ever been paid for. I don't think that you should have given your money for this CD. This should be a free label sampler. And I don't think that it's an important part of Revelation Records discography unless it helped you discover bands that you had never heard before. I think they something. did give it free, didn't I? I feel like because I have I think it was story. always five dollars. No, it was five dollars. But I, what I was gonna I ask it was for, for you for Deutschmarks 99. Yeah, okay. Which yeah, would be two bucks fifty. But to that point, to that argument, though, were these songs all out by the time that this I don't think that they were. I think Texas wasn't out yet. Texas and, uh, was. There's one I know for a fact wasn't. The Shades um, Apart? Is Shades Apart wasn't out okay. for a couple months. That was like, well, a, yeah, but, some of the stuff, too. Like, I don't think that Spark Marker was just looking at the at the track list. Uh, some of it was also. Um, what's the side label? Crisis. Crisis, crisis. Records. Some is crisis, Which, like Chinchilla, Betis Minus Mechanic. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, there's nothing new or special on this record. I remember getting it. Like I, I was, I had a whole, so it says 97. It came out at the end of 96. Uh-huh. I remember uh, I was a sophomore in high school. This like just came back to me before we were recording. Cause I, I was trying to think of like, when did I get this CD? And I was 15 and I wanted to order from Rev um, after you know, I had just gotten the Texas is the reason album. Um, and I was like, I want to get like a shirt or something. And for Christmas, I basically asked my parents, like, can I put in an order? Cause I didn't have a credit card or whatever. And they let me put in like a big order. And I got this te- that Texas is the reason embroidered zip up. Do you remember that hoodie, Jason? Uh-huh. I do remember that. It was, yeah. And I think I, all, that was when I also got the long sleeve tee I talked about in the seven inch episode. I think a promising CD, but um, I also got this and I don't know. I don't remember 
because I don't think I would have paid for yeah, it. Yeah, maybe like they, Javier they just said, threw it in for you. It, it sounds, it, it's, I think this is a, a great thing for people my age and younger because it did help me. And we'll talk about that um, when we get into the songs. But uh, this probably should, would have been something, it's twofold because it should it have maybe been something that just came in one of those little cardboard sleeves yes, like, that they throw like in. Like Indecision when, Records was right. really good about those and Epitaph and um, Vagrant and Drive Through like in the early 2000s. And like not had a catalog number. Like this right. has, you got to think this has an actual rev catalog number, but yes. I think that by it being its own thing, made it seem more important even subconsciously to someone like me where it didn't just seem like a tossed off label sampler it seemed like oh this is like a comp um so i don't want to say it's like a bait and switch but maybe because of the fact that oh it's in a you know and at the time it was in the the white cd case and you know that was always like a thing like oh wow it's in a colored case and it's got this booklet (laughs) and it's telling you all this stuff and whereas sometimes i would get sampler things and just be like I mean, I get them like merge would still send them and I'd be like, I'm good. Like, um, and I, I just remember there was probably so many instances where I'd get one of those little cardboard ones and it was just trash. Whereas like this seemed a little more substantial and it's sort of in line with like what discord did, except discord included that whole disc of like rarities, but Rev ended up doing it like that too for a hundred. And so I think Rev 100 is awesome. Right. I, I wish that this would have been on par with that, with having the uh, the hard to find tracks, demos, B-sides and stuff. But, to but me, in 1996, this is, 97. This is just a label sampler that they made you pay for. But but in 1996, 97, for it to be five bucks, yeah. 26 songs and all, again, for someone like me, that sure. doesn't but that's, what, that's what I said. Like, it, yeah. if it helped you find new bands, cool. Yeah. But yeah. if you were already in, like, I don't know any, like, unless you were a completist and we're like, well, it's a catalog number, I need it. Like, yeah, there was no, I guess, unless you wanted a, a ready made mixtape. Like, right. if you were just like, yeah. I don't feel like making my own mix. Yeah. So I'm going to buy this to throw in the car. Yeah. But um, I mean, I got to say, from the Euro perspective, because at that point, Ref, not everything was available, especially those crisis records. So it introduced a lot of people to a lot of new bands, including myself. And for whatever reason, they had a distributor called uh, IFA, EFA, and they did a fantastic job. And that CD was everywhere at that point. Like you could not walk into any chain store or any record store, small or big, and not see this compilation. And the fact that it was five marks, so $2.50, was outrageous. So I got to say, like, they really, whoever did their job at that point at the distributor did a great job and made sure that Ref left a great impression on a lot of people with that combination. Yeah. I passed it up a bunch of times. When I went to the and record I, store, <laughs> I would just say, oh, why do I want this? Because I already know these bands, the ones that I wanted to know. I knew Inside Out. I knew Gorilla Biscuits, Chain, but then eventually I just broke down and bought it. But I did, it did turn me on to the other side of Rev with the more uh, stuff. melodic bands. And, and I gotta say, psychology-wise, it's always better to make people pay for something. They gotta appreciate it more if they pay that's for what, That's, that's, a that's good what point. I was trying to get at, is like, it made it, 
like because it was five, it didn't seem tossed off. Like it seemed like something like, you know what? I, I paid for this. So I'm going to listen to beta minus mechanic or whatever, because I don't know who this is. Um, but because I think that if it was just a sampler, I don't know, maybe people would, there's people like me that wouldn't have maybe given some of the bands a shot. Well, but to that point, um, there was a label sampler or a, a sampler CD called Fighting Music 2 came out probably around 2004, maybe. And that was like Death Wish. It was like a few, yeah, it was like a few, like maybe I think four labels. And that shit had like, I hate you and fucking suicide file and converge and a bunch of bands like that. And that CD helped me. So I don't, I, I don't remember paying for it at the time. I maybe got it like used at the record store. <laughs> that was a free, like that. that was okay. a free sample. So, so that CD helped me get into some of those bands or, <laughs> you know, I would, I bought it. I hate you discography after that, which didn't really hold its luster for me. But yes, so I understand the like the 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 value of a sampler giving you a, a glimpse into some of these other bands. To prepare Absolutely. for this episode, I actually bought it again. I bought it from Shit Kicker Six 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 on Discogs. Good. Did you pay oh, really? thirty four cents for it? Because right now there's one. Oh on yeah, Discogs wait, I knew that. Thirty four cents. <laughs> oh weird. I'm looking at the Fighting Music Volume Two. Uh huh. Uh, there's a song called Stakes is High by a little yeah, band. Yeah, by a band called, called Count Me Out. Count Me Out. Yep. Oh, shit. Constant rotation. What's on fighting <laughs> music? One Up was actually on one of those ones because they, they had Walk All Night records that we were on at the time, Bob Max label. But I, I think that had a different name. Um, but it was like a comp with like all those kind of Death Wish bands and, and stuff. But I don't remember the name. So if someone does, I guess... I'm on Discogs right now looking for the name of the Lost and Found compilation that I really enjoyed. I think it was the Hold Your Ground compilation. No, I love Hold Your Ground. Oh. I have that. <laughs> you know, that shit was essential in forming my musical taste. And last time Oisey was on, we talked about it slightly, but yeah. God damn, it's all over the place. It is. It's so long, too. It's like yeah. Bright Side, Warzone, Government Issue, Unbroken, Youth of Today, Judge. Side by That's side, all over the place. What if, well, alone yeah, in what a crowd, ignite citizens' arrest, crivets, integrity, sick of it all, unity, uh, the other inside out, void, violent yeah. children, battery, and project X. Now that's a fucking compilation, right? That is there. a comp. I can swear by that. <laughs> and I still own mine. I still own that CD. That's how much oh, I like that. Fuck. You want to get into fuck. the tracks? Oh yeah, yeah why tracks. Um, let's see. Uh, one, two, first two songs are skippers for me. First four, oh, five, no, we're going to go, we're going to go first around six. Go. I think the, you first, gotta go the first, by track. the first song oh, yeah. I'll probably stop and listen to is track 10. What? But, uh, one thing I wanted to say is it's always, <laughs> oh, he's doing the meditation. Oh, <laughs> I realized though, this is the first, this is the first release that I don't own on a physical format since the together comp. Wow. Although I don't have a side by side seven inch. I have the, the 12 inch that's still rev five. So I guess technically it could have been since side by side, but either way. So I'm actually having to look on Spotify at the track list. And that's how yeah. I was. Yeah, I'm, on, I'm on discounts. 
I still so, have mine. Track one, Sensefield Building. Next. Hav, this was your hot. Tr- Come on, man. This was your yeah. hot track on the on yeah. The that it episode. was it was my favorite song on that record. I will admit to that. Okay. So, and you don't have to say anymore, Jason. Sensefield yes. Building. Perfect way to open up this comp. Perfect because it's not too hard. It's not too melodic. It's just. It's got that perfect feel to it, and it's a short song. Keeps your interest. It's gonna you're just gonna keep the comp rolling. I think they if you buy this up, and you pick it up, and you're not familiar with rap, they should have opened up with "True Till Death." They no should way. have gone chronologically on this record. No way. I wondered that too, but I kind of <laughs> it's kind of neat, but it feels like that's one of the things I wanted to touch on. I guess before is the the sequencing is a bit weird because there's a chunk where there's a lot of crisis stuff, and then there's like. Like it's not, I feel like maybe if they would have put like some of that more obscure stuff, like in between a little better, maybe it would have like, fa- who, there's is, a, there's a, who is responsible it, for this? I, was, I don't know. I would comp with if it wasn't building a uh, new direction, but with the horns. Uh, we'll get uh, to that. That's the way that the it. album starts. I think they should have started with true till death. Um, but anyway, but with the true yeah. till death backups. Yeah. Imagine a CD starting out. That's the first thing you hear. You know you're in for business. I think a lot of people that picked this up, I think a lot of people that picked this comp up weren't familiar with Rev, and if that was the first song, they would be like, nah, it's too, it's too hardcore for me. They should have put Body Jar first then. Nah, you know so, what it is? Like with the first three, like that's Sensible Texas, The Reason Farside. That's just where the label was at that point. So I yeah, it's a perfect yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Really smart move. They were like, right, this is the label. Also, those three bands, that's the Holy Trinity. If Revelation would have never released anything before or after that, I would be perfectly happy. I can I can get down with that. Yeah. So what do you think, Sensefield Building? Because really, we've all talked about most of these, but I want to give Oise get a little bit more time per track than, than we're getting because he Sensefield Building. What do you perfect think? Perfect song. It's perfect song. It's too short for radio. That's the only sad thing about it. It should have been on the radio, but nobody would have put it on uh, because it was one and a half minutes long, but it's the perfect song. Yeah, it's like shorter. It's funny because a a big hit at this time was song two by Blur. And that's like a little under two minutes, but like just enough, I think, so that they could, you know, it would be on the radio. This was my first time hearing Sensefield was this CD. So, um building yeah i heard it and i was just like holy shit because it kind of like i at the time i remember being like he sounds kind of like the singer of texas is the reason but now i hear i'm like i don't know how i heard that but that was what my brain i was like yeah it's kind of like so i saw why they were like kind of associated acts texas <laughs> and um Sensefield. but yeah that was my first time so i guess speaking I mean, of I... texas oh go ahead sorry no no sorry you do. You go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of Texas, that's track two. Half. I don't want to dig too deep because we're going to do the LP. Yeah. You know. Um, is this the song that One Up covers? No. Oh, I like that song. Okay, that's on. Yeah, that's the seven. <laughs> this is. <laughs> this is a, a interesting <laughs> choice because it is. This one's a ripper, but like on the album it's sequence where it comes after the title track instrumental and then the instrumental kind of like 
bleeds into it. So, and that's the other thing. Some of these albums I've listened to so much that when I hear building on this comp, I would start hearing whatever the next song is after building. And same with Texas. It's like, it was kind of weird hearing it like in this context. Yeah. I missed instrumental for sure. Yeah. Boise, Texas is the reason. I mean, the band, like the, the greatest riff band up there with Sensefield. And uh, funny enough, I, I was at their last, last show in Germany when they, you know, broke up on stage kind of. I think there have been a lot of talks about it. And I remember that night they uh, covered Shovel by Quicksand. Texas did? They did. There must be a video out there. And I don't Weird. think the anti-matter compilation was out at that point. Well, I'm going to look 90, on YouTube. When did that come out, the anti-matter comp? 96? End of 96, yeah. So I don't think it was out yet, and they needed another song and covered Shovel that night, which we didn't know. They didn't tell anybody. Well, I think was it, footage. Didn't he tell a story of they were they would cover that in Europe? Yeah, that was the, the German show. That uh -huh. we, it was, like, amazing. And Texas, the reason, was just such an important band, like, aesthetically, because I always loved Smashing Pumpkins and all those bands. But then, you know, you get into hardcore and punk, and you kind of ashamed admitting that you like that stuff for half a year. And then Texas yes. the reason brought brought that sensitivity with the Krishna band. <laughs> and yeah. it combines exactly. everything is great. Everything exactly. you love, Krishna bands and uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee and Smashing Pumpkins riffs. And it's the perfect combo. That was that was me. I was like, I felt like I found my I found my people. Like I was like, all right, like because they had the riffs, but they had something about them that harkened back to it. Because again, I wasn't one of these people that was a metalhead before getting into hardcore. I was into alternative music and they made me be like, okay, I can still be into that. And then that opened the door for me to listen to like Oasis, Blur and Radiohead and all that stuff that maybe I would have before been like, I don't know if I should listen to this. Um, and so just thinking about the pictures by Mark Beamer, at the Beamer picture series of Texas, the reason that they shot probably when they recorded the demo, it's just like everything about the band is perfect to me. Yeah, same. They were huge, huge for me. Yeah. Um, far side audience. This really is like the trifecta right here. This opening, these opening three tracks. Yeah. It couldn't be better. Like it could Heavy not hitters. open better. Yeah. Audience, why why would you say you would skip this song when you are? Uh, I'm talking to half, obviously. Yeah. When I know you're a huge Far Side fan. Oh uh, yeah, I love this song. I just would probably like by this point I would be bored and I would just start skipping around to find something more fun. But I love this song, Audience. I think it's a great record and a, or a great song, and I love uh, Rigged. I think it's a solid Far Side choice. It is. Yeah. And what's you know, I, what's I just, funny is I don't point, remember. At this point, I don't know what else they could have picked by Far Side. You know what I mean? Like this is the—that's the fucking the, the hit. hit. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's funny is I don't remember it grabbing me when I heard. Like I wasn't like I thought they were okay. Um, but like when I got this CD, like I don't remember going back and playing that song, which is so funny because now I'm like this song's amazing. Like this band, you know, I love Far Side now, but. And maybe again, it was because like 
everyone was talking about Texas as the reason. Everyone was talking about sense field. I didn't really hear many people like talking about far side. And when you're young, you kind of go off of what your circle is into. And I didn't know anybody that was listening to them. So it just kind of was off my radar, which is because now I listen. I'm like, this is everything I like about, you know, the first three songs on this are literally like everything I like about hardcore, post-hardcore punk, like in those three songs. This could have been a three-song comp and I would have been stoked. Mm. Holy Trinity, I would have been happy. I, mean, I don't think anyone in my weird. circle. Really? Go ahead. Uh, Farsight is weird because a lot of people in Europe knew them in the squad scene from that one tour that they did. They went on this really odd tour with a band from Norway called Life But How To Live It. And it was like uh-huh. a super crusty tour. Uh-huh. And um, I think it was even before, it was the first tour when uh, Brian Murphy joined, but he wasn't like a contributing member yet. And I think people were super weirded out by that record by Rigged. Like it didn't really connect with people too much at that point. Um, so it was kind of, it took a while to catch on and then they never came back to Europe. It was Kevin it Murphy, was, right? Kevin, Kevin Murphy. Kevin yeah. Murphy, name. And yeah. then Brian Chu. Yeah, um, that's it. And it's like so weird because Farsight, like they missed that one spot. They had like a really good following. Then they changed a little bit musically and the Gada Punks didn't like that too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then they missed coming back. So weird. Like, I don't think they ever toured Europe again after that, which is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to, because we wanted to have that, the European perspective, because again, for some of us, like for instance, for Hav, Farside, you know, he saw Farside dozens of times. Yeah. So you sort of have a, a different view because it's not as big of a deal yeah, I got like overload at this point. Like, oh, great, a, a, a random Far Side song on a CD. I don't need this. <laughs> yeah, so I'm we were we were lusting, we were lusting for a Far Side experience and didn't get it. Yeah. So, here so here's where it gets weird. Ice burn, Sphinx. Okay, I got a question. I got a question. Is that a radio edit? Yes, because it is. This is four minutes long. And that isn't that song 27 minutes? You're correct. <laughs> yeah, so there's, yeah. if you look on Discogs, there's actually a CD of Meditative Evolutions, which this is from, which I don't think was out yet. So this might have been another one that wasn't out. And it's it's like radio edits. So I'm assuming that's Weird. what this is, is a radio edit. Uh-huh. As a kid, I think I heard the first like 10 seconds and just was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, but like I, like I said, I had a friend with an ice burn tattoo and I never understood it at first. I was like, how the hell would you have an ice burn tattoo? And then, you know, I'm doing the pod. I've already said a million times, like I went back and now I'm a big ice burn fan, but I think that ice burn doesn't work in the context of a compilation. They're an album band. Like, it's like this songs, I, I think it's cool, but I, I, it needs to be in the context of the larger piece of music uh, that, that is Meditative Evolutions. So I think taking like a radio edit and putting it in between, you know, Far Side and Shades Apart, they weren't, I don't want to say it wasn't fair to Iceburn, but they weren't going to get the, um, 
you know, the, the spotlight that maybe they would have deserved. For sure. So, because it's like... Also, in a, in a CD context, like in a compilation context, it throws you off. I mean, the song's great, but like, how do you make a, a, a ice burn radio edit? Like, do you just... Exactly. Randomly yeah. cut two, you know, make two cuts and squeeze it on a CD? It would yeah. be probably work, work better at the very end of the CD, kind of an outro or something. Who knows? But... Um, it grew on me eventually, but it took me a while. And the the, the sequencing is really odd. Yeah, and it took, honestly, that was why I didn't I didn't dive into ice for twenty some years after because like of of this comp. So it actually had the reverse. It's when, oh yeah, I don't care. And then like it's a weird one, you know. I heard, you know, the, the the seven, the first Iceburn seven inch was just heavy, and and then you know, Fire and you know the stuff they did for Rev, the new album on Southern Lord, even the new album, the songs are twenty, it's two songs like you know, seventeen, eighteen minutes each, doesn't feel like a seventeen minute song because there's all these parts, but you'd be doing it a disservice if you just chopped a little piece of it and said, here's. Here's the song, you know. Sure. Can can so, we do a survey? Like, can you sure. reach out to all your listeners and find out how many people back in '96 bought an Iceberg record off the listening to that radio edit of this song? Yeah, like I'm, I, I'm very curious. Like, if anybody did, heard did it, push, did it push their career to the next level? Like, what, like, what did they get out of it? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't use like maybe something from. Um, Hephaestus that was a little more you know her song on Hephaestus I think would have got some people's yeah, interest like riffy that's what I think yeah um but I guess because this was the new record at the time they wanted um, to push that they wanted to push that and yeah. um I'm, hey it is what it is but in the context of this comp it's just an odd choice um shades apart fearless Love this song. Yeah, this song. And it wasn't out me. at the time. The song's not for um, me. Oh, perfect production. Like if you listen to that now, like there's like there's a reason why Bill Stevenson and Steven are like producing all these big bands now, like Rise Against and you know, like it's already it's so perfect and that's in ninety six they already made recordings like that. That's crazy. Yeah. You, it, it it sounds like I said I, in fact I used that when we were doing the Civ record, which I love the Civ record, but you know, the productions, it's got that Don Fury kind of compressed sound. So compressed. And as soon as the Civ record ended, Spotify went into um, a song from uh, Seeing Things. And it was like, you know, I was like blown back because the it was just, the production was just so much like bigger and um so it just open. sounds like great. So much, yeah. so much space and so punchy at the same time. It's like those guys were already like, I can't believe they made a record like that in 96. Like, yeah. And I hear this song and I'm like, oh, this, because Seeing Things is my favorite Shades Apart record. Um, and I hear why somebody heard it and signed them to a major label deal. And, you know, they had the record after this that was on the major, which I hadn't heard until a couple of years ago. And it's great. Cause I was kind of like, Oh, they're not on rev. Like that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, they had hits like, uh, I think the one was in American pie or something. 
and Valentine was a hit. Like they, they got like radio play. Like there were people who went to see them and only knew like the tainted love cover and you know, those, these newer hits. Jason, you're, you're, you like shades, right? Uh, to be hundred percent honest with you, I never really got into them and I should like song? it. I think it's good. I think it didn't pique my interest enough to check out seeing things, but we're going to get to it. I think it's got everything in it that I should like because the vocals yeah, remind me of Milo. Descendants. Yeah. I love yeah, descendants, yeah. but it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, I love descendants, but everything that kind of sounds like descendants and it's not descendants. I'm not into if that makes sense. How do you feel you about also, all? You uh, feel? I, I like a couple all, all records. <laughs> but I don't love... Yeah. I don't Boise, love how all. about you? All? All bigger than the Descendants. I'm going what? To, if, I, if I had to pick one for the rest of my life, I would go for all. Damn. Damn. Which isn't that hard of a take, though, really. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that love yeah, our, all our, more than Descendants. Our friend Jason... Um, Tony celebrated summer records. All he, he's he's all over Descendants. You got to think a lot of people that are a couple years older than me. Um, all was something they were able to experience in real time because Descendants weren't back yet, and I think that also kind of informs things because like they you know all was a bit smaller, so you kind of felt like you were. Uh, I felt like at the time. All was bigger than Descendants. I feel like Descendants didn't get big, quote unquote, big until everything sucks. sucks. Yeah. Uh, but see, you know, I I, I agree with that. Um, I'll one, I'll go on record as saying that All Roy's Revenge with their second singer Scott Reynolds is as good as any Descendants record. I will put Agreed. it up against any Descendants record. It's fantastic. Keeping in mind, because someone's going to go listen on Spotify or whatever, Hot Rod Lincoln, which is like a weird cover, is not on the actual like vinyl. So I'm talking about the vinyl, you know, without that song on it, because it's like a goofy song, um, is as good as any Descendants. But um, this isn't an all podcast, so we, we don't. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to ask Jason because Shades Apart to me, even at the time, because I knew all Shades Apart sounded like kind of like more like all Descendants or I agree Descendants, the album all, you know, their mm-hmm. last album before getting back together. And then, um, you know, there was band, another band at the, at the same time coming from New York City called Serpico. They were on uh, Equal Vision and also produced by Bill Stevenson and Stephen Egan, and they were like this kind of the same vein. Like yes, that's a, that's one of the most when when I did the um, live stream with Cato uh, Eight Kaylee Lalita, I had some of my and I showed Serpico Rumble. Great, it's great. Yeah, but if you're into the gritty. dead nest, what's that? I was going to say, there's something missing in the vocals that aren't gritty enough for me. That's what I like what? from Milo's voice. Yeah. from For uh, for Descendants, that's what I like about it. Yeah, Milo's I mean, voice has this kind of like grittiness to it sometimes. I, I only like the super punk early Descendants records and the newest Descendants record, which is their old stuff. Like right. um, Two Things at Once, to me, is the only thing listenable in this whole realm that you guys are talking about right now and which while i want to say is insane 
I want, I want to say that's insane because I love all the errors of this sentence. That's not as hot of a take as you would think. There's a lot of people who are just like, I like Milo goes to college. I like the fat EP, yep. which is yeah. two things at once. I remember when Everything Sucks came out, this old guy that I knew that was a fan. I was like, did you hear the new Descendants? He's like, it just sounds like all. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah. It's too, it's well, too weak. There's that Chad Price singing Everything Sucks that I just found out about this year, but I think both of you had known about. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Some of the songs are better. Um, let's anyway. See. Chain of Strength, True Till Death. Uh, I, I, I don't like the... Chain of Strength 12 inch. The remixes. I don't like the remixes. I uh, only yeah. like the seven inch versions. Seven inch, Chain of Strength seven inches are two of the best hardcore records of all time. Yes. The 12 inch is, it's so hard to listen to. That's not a hot take either. So. Yeah. And so uh, I just. This was my first chain. Well, the first chain song I ever heard, I was thinking of this the other day, was not. By it wasn't Chain doing it; it was a band covering it. Circle Storm. <laughs> I saw no. <laughs> I saw um, there was a band that had one record on Lookout Records, and I was so into Lookout Records, like around this same time. Like anything that was on that label, I would buy. I would just order. You know, every like two weeks, I'd just be whatever little meager paycheck I got. I would send to them, and they'd send me records. Um, There's a band called Rice. Do you remember yeah. this band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they did it. They, you know, they had all, all their songs were about rice, you know, and they had us, they covered just how much and they called it just how much rice. And that I remember was hearing about this. The first chain of strength I heard. And then this, and this is what got me into chain of strength as well. So for that, I'm thankful, but, uh, as far as like Did you just now, order a drink, Rick? Did I just, just ordered order a drink, drink from my, my waiter. <laughs> they can't see that. They can't see Greg just nonchalantly uh, look over to the corner and this wait for an outtake. Wait like, for a in, your little, in your little promo video. Yes. Just um, like, <laughs> so, uh, but now, of course, I'm in the camp too. That's like the 12 inch just takes everything away that's good about the original recordings and just kind of like it like neuters it yeah i'm not a fan of the backups that started the 12 inch version of true told death i bet that was super fun to do in the studio when they added it but just hearing so it weird. just kind of throws you off but so weird but man. goddamn the song is awesome and it's, it's just so drums the beginning is just the holdout and drums mm. and it's just sick so i still yeah. love this chain i still love chain and then when I was listening to this, I mean, goddamn, Kurt's voice is just awesome. Yeah. He's just got and one of the best voices. The drumming. The Bratton's yeah, drumming on, on this record is just so sick. And I can't, like, hey, if all that's going to be on Spotify, if I want to make a mix and put Chain on as the 12-inch, look, I guess that's how it's going to have to be until they finally do these original. Which they should do. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather not listen to it. This is one of the reasons why I have an iPod in my car because I would rather take the time to download that from somewhere on the internet, put it MP3 into my iTunes onto my janky ass iPod touch, then put it in my car, hardwire it to my car to listen to it because otherwise, or through YouTube. Yeah, that's awesome. I have the, I, I have the, 
I'm in the 12 inches there too. Yeah. But I have the, the seven. That, is that uh, that live recording that you have on there? Does that have the minor threat cover? Yes. I think I got yeah. this from you, didn't I? Probably because I'm a very big uh, live. I collect, I collect bootlegs <laughs> of yeah. all sorts. But uh, yeah, it's. You, I mean, you know what I'm going to say about yeah, of strengths to to me falls into the same category as youth of today. A great merch, like a great fashion brand with three good songs. What? I saw Javier is just like, yo, thank God somebody else has a take as crazy as mine. <laughs> take the heat off me. Wow. Now I'm meditating. I love chain merch. I love use of the day merch. And I think use of day has three great songs and Shane probably has two. Yo, Yusuf today has three gate records, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, four. All yeah. four are great. <laughs> Take a stand live. Hey, by the, let's throwing it back to uh Lost and Found. I saw someone post a Lost and Found chain of strength design the other day. That was so good. It was they like aged good. It was like a green, like a green bar all the way across. It had like lines in it, and then it had like the chain of strength logo. It was like, it looked different than the normal logo that we got here. And I was like, wow, I really appreciate that. Lost and Found was making some cool Chain of Strength merch. Yeah. In addition to that side-by-side that we still need to. Yeah, side-by-side poncho that we should have ordered. I was just over there ordering my dinner. You got to put in an advance order. It goes very fast. Um. Yeah, Hav, I want to see that chain shirt. If you find it, I want to see a picture. I'll of see it. what I got. So, uh, Whirlpool. This this Whirlpool song is from the second record, which we're not to yet. So now we're discovering that this is putting stuff on the comp that's at this point unreleased. Ah, right. Yeah. So this song, I, I remember nothing about from when I was first heard the cd like i think i was just like it's a skipper whatever. for you you're like but, i need um, more body jar yeah but now i'm like oh this is a cool song it's a cool song um I, and, you uh, know what whirlpool to me and this is like no diss to the band i'm sure someone will take offense to this but this is good whirlpool is good background music it's like you don't have to think too hard on it it's pleasant to the ears there's some good melodies and it's it's easy to listen to I like it. I, 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 um, I don't want to say too much cause I'd rather save it for, yeah, we, we got, we're, we're coming up on that one when we do days. that record, but, um, I'm pleasantly surprised by Whirlpool. I know, um, you know, Bedge, he loves the first album and I think he, um, isn't as attached to the second, but uh-huh. aren't you more into the second one, Hav? Uh, I, I, or, yeah, I, I don't really discriminate between the two, to be honest. Yeah. I've never heard. I actually just one. got, a friend of mine gave me the first, I have the first album on green. Uh-huh. And then a friend gave me a CD copy of it today, this very day of it. Um, so Whirlpool. Yeah. Not much like it wasn't out at the time. So this was another one that was kind of like a, a teaser for what was to come. Sure. I know it's, I put good chorus, Rodney and Rachel singing together. Sound good. Song yeah. is good. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Rachel sounds really good on this. I think like, yeah. Um, like, dare i say strong even stronger than on the uh sure. first album maybe yeah. she got like like i think she sounds really good she came into her own yeah yeah i mean this was this would have been the like 
third the third record she made because she made the Coldwater Crane seven inch and then the Whirlpool first record. So this yeah. at this point she's a seasoned studio veteran. Yeah, and they and sound also like Jason writing they... with writing with Rodney. So yeah, it sounds a bit fuller. Yeah, like it sounds more you know like when we did the interview for the first LP, like she came on last. And this doesn't sound, not that that sound like I was shocked when I heard she was kind of like, you know, did all her parts later. Uh Um, This to me though, just sounds like a full on band. Yeah. Um, I like, I like it. I'm, I'm stoked to, you know, dive into that record when the time comes. Oisey, Whirlpool. What do you think? I mean, I mean, they didn't leave a great impression in Europe. The record wasn't widely available. Uh good good track i dig it but i like the next one way better chinchilla better yeah. nothing about by the way but they have this cool team dresh hazel olympia you know vibe yeah. um, i like that song way better the dual female vocals and you know like it has this olympia washington punch so because those songs i also thought it was weird that they have those two bands right next to each other for some reason Bands with female vocals, and Chinchilla always, you know, trumped uh, the Whirlpool song for me. I know nothing about Chinchilla. Uh, Didn't Rob Moran sign them? Yeah, and someone sent me a Chinchilla twelve inch as like a like a practical joke a couple years ago. Like I got a package (laughs) and it just was included in there. They're like, "Surprise, motherfucker!" That was before we did this podcast. Yeah, and uh, it was. (laughs) Um, looking at the, the Discogs page real quick, it looks like they were an all girl band and it was recorded, uh, by Jim Monroe. So that's two very interesting things. I'm very intrigued. Like this was, this was one. And I thought when Oisey started talking about it, I thought, Oh, I'm not the only one. I said, this to me sounded more like something that would have been on like kill rock stars or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whoever, were they, is that a ref or a crisis release? It's crisis. The crisis, crisis. release. Which, hey, whoever, go ahead. Remember that band Drip Tank on Headhunter? I do not. The, the, the girl was, one of the, the guitar player was in Drip Tank. Okay. Whoever signed them to crisis slash ref did not do them a favor. Rob Moran. Sorry. He did he? not do them a he, he did not. He, somebody should then you know, should have uh, sold them to uh, kill rock stars or somebody from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, this was crisis number 11. I learned that Walter's brother was part of crisis also. Dylan. Dylan. I didn't know that before doing some research for this episode. Yeah. Chinchilla. It's got great vocals. It's got catchy, memorable vocals. I fuck with it, but this is the only time I've ever heard Chinchilla. I never listened to them outside this compilation. Well, I, I have a 12-inch I could send you if you want. <laughs> I'll have it, Hav. Hav, I'll take it. All right, I'll send Greg will take it. For, for complete, completest. Hey, but you know what? It's no body jar. Here we go, body jar. That's, oh, you body know, jar you, next. Oh, if you listen to that band, it's, it sounds like a bunch of dudes that used to sound like leg wagon and no use for a name. Yeah. And then they then they bought Sam and Clumsy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a perfect example. And that's not a this because I've been no. in one of those bands. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at this point in 1995, 96, in real time, 
I'm living in Orange County, California, and the snowboard surf scene is big. And I have a lot of friends who are into that. So some of those kids, you know, we tried to take them to hardcore shows, but a lot of the times it was like, I was exposed to that music by watching videos with those kids, the no use for a name, no fun at all, you know, Pennywise, like these lag wagon, all, all of those types of bands. And so body jar to me, um, it just kind of fits into that. Also, I think that it's a skateboard move, the body jar, uh, so are they from I, Australia or is yes, that Australia? Okay. Yes. Um, Does anybody know why they're on this comp at all? It says it's from RB Records, RB2. It's not on Rev, it's not on Rev on Distribution, any. I think that was. Um, so it, ah. it might have been, were they on Burning Heart? Because yes. Burning Heart eventually was Epitaph. Rim, but I wonder if Rev on, did it. Rimshaw in 1995 was on Burning Heart. Oh, so, so I think RD means ref distribution number two. That's what oh. I'm assuming. And, so, and this song, so Glossy I, Books, is on that record. So, yeah. So, <laughs> Rev must have distributed Burning Heart and then Epitaph must have bought it. Because mm -hmm. then Refused, by the time of uh, Shape of Punk to Come from 98, that had an Epitaph logo. So, I guess at the time, Rev had that. And that's how. No fun at all, I think, is another one of those that's later on. Um, Body Jar, I can't even, I've listened to the song a couple of times for, uh, you know, for research purposes. It wasn't bad, but if you put a gun to my head and played it, I wouldn't know who it was. Sure. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is Body Jar. Yeah. Um, take that as you will. <laughs> I have uh, spoken. Listen. <laughs> Uh, the next song, track 10, <clears throat> is another one that, that was not out at this time and would be Ignite's debut on Revelation Records, mm. right? Because before that, they had Call On My Brothers, which was on Conversion, Scarred For Life, which was on Lost and Found. Lost um, and Found. <clears throat> and In My Time, which was also Lost and Found. And then Past Our Means, which is Rev... Uh, 53 or 52, right? 54. 53. It's 54. It says 54, 54. here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was... And that didn't... That came out in 96. <clears throat> and the, the Ignite Good Riddance split also came out in 96. That's Ignite. Uh, oh, I, I know you're a fan. I love Ignite. Well, I loved... I loved Ignite around this time. Um, they were. Uh, this is the best era of Ignite. I mean, for the, sure. the, 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 to me, Ignite, Zoli, Joe Foster, mm -hmm. Casey Jones, Brett Rasmussen, or I think that's how you yeah. say his name. Yeah. Those four, that, the stuff that lineup did was awesome. And the, the Good Ridden Split, yep. the Scarred for Life, uh, Past Our Means, and, uh, calling my brothers. And I felt like a lot of people, I don't want to dive too deep because we're going to get to talk about past our means, but people that are like, I only like calling my brothers. It's like past our means. Isn't that it's different. not, it's not any different. It's I'm still, it's, it's just as good. You don't. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't make I, sense. We're gonna get like, there. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. But this I, song, I, it could have awesome. been the same record to me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And around that time, I mean, they would 
live, they would cover uniform choice. They would cover no for an answer. Like they were just, even me who was super into like metalcore by this time, I would, you know, stage dive for Ignite. And, and I thought, just thought it was like one of the most fun, cool, hardcore bands. Yeah. I mean, your backup vocals. Oh, no. the, the gang vocals. Yeah, the way it sounds like it's, it's, it's so unique. Like I never heard gang vocals like that. Like the, they, it has like its own kind of sound. It's not like thug gang vocals like Jason would have listened to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, liked Ignite. Oh, Jason. I, I enjoyed seeing Ignite live back then. This is a good straight up corny in the best way hardcore song, lyric wise. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, like I, I mean, said, that whole we'll EP is deeper. perfect. Those six songs are just amazing. It's it is. Great. And it's, a, it's like very concise. It's great. Uh, it's a good record. The bass playing, the melodic bass playing is just really, really good. Yeah. Those vocals. I mean, the, the first, oh. this, the, the first, the first time, well, I'll save the, my Ignite. Yeah, let's, let's save it. Yeah. Okay. What's next? <clears throat> Spark Marker, Chrysanthemum. Um, that's off of the Crisis Records, which again, didn't come out until 1997. Um, I had been a huge fan of Spark Marker from the Products and Accessories CD, which compiles three seven inches that they had put out previously. <clears throat> and by the time they get up to the crisis records release, which is on uh, this song is on, I completely lost interest because the original singer is gone and the guitar player oh, is taking up vocal duties. And I didn't think that it was as good. And um, the original singer is also on the embrace covers record uh, land of greed, world of need which I, that song is so fucking weird and cool. I, that might be my favorite track on that whole record. But oh, uh, do. do you remember? Uh, is it, do not consider yourself free? Okay. No, I'll have to look it up. This uh, to me just sounded kind of like, kind of like, it sounded like weak quicksand. Yes. Um, and I don't necessarily, I mean, you know, look, weak quicksand is better than no quicksand. I don't necessarily mean that as like, uh, but it's just like, it didn't, it didn't grab me. What's funny is I think someone from spark marker went on to do this band. I loved their first record so much. Uh, this band called the black halos. They were like, Oh yeah. Like, sound like the dead boys. Like they were just like, punk. I them. and um, I remember being stuff, blown away. Yeah. Yes. I think that's that someone right. was that someone from spark marker was involved, but I think there is a spark marker release that will be, you know, reviewing because I think it actually has a rev number. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. it's rev seventy six treasure chest. Okay, so I'll get, I'll definitely like. I don't think this was terrible. Like I'm gonna, you know, have to dive in. But on a first impression, it just sounded kind of like seven inch era quicksand, but just uh -huh. not as good. Sure, yeah. I mean, the seven inches that have you talked about? Like I had one of those called the Sean Skelton EP. Yes. Yeah. They're the German that Flo, Flo from Berlin on Hard First Record put uh -huh. out. And that's an amazing seven inch. Edit. Great it was record. So good. Great record. So when I heard this track and when I heard that record, I was really disappointed too. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Jason, what are the, you, dr oh, the drummer of, uh, of Spark Marker, Rob Zgaljic, he was in Black Halos. Oh, okay. did, they cover, did they cover Joy Division? Black Halos? Yes, they did. Yeah. Oh. I think I they did that. on the on the second 
album, which was I I thought was okay, but it wasn't nothing touched that first one. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've ever I'm, heard I'm, it. Yeah, I'm looking now actually. I you know what uh, I might have because around that time I was <clears throat> really into like the murder city devils. Oh yeah. And, uh, like, and like helicopters and a lot of that, like, you know, even rock rocket from the crypt and a lot of those kind of like rock and roll revival Same. bands. So, so I I'm, I'm sure I heard black halos, especially that first record on die young, stay pretty. But, um, I, I they did Warsaw stuck with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I was like, Seaweed already did that. Yeah, Seaweed does a killer version of that. Yeah. Like, so two years before, I was kind of like, Pick Swing Kids song, did it. Swing Kids Oh, yeah. Did Swing Kids did do that. Yes. That yes, they did. Right. They sure did. Um, up next, Break Down the Walls. Not one of oh, the three great songs. Not one okay. of the great three songs. It's not? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, man. Um, You know, uh, the album Break Down the Walls is my least favorite Youth of Today record. Um, It's got some good songs on it, but uh, it's not what I grabbed for. It's not what I reached for. That Wishing Well mix, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Break Down the Walls. Yeah. What, what more can I say? This song's a classic. It is. Yeah. It's as they say, crucial. I think it's a good song to put for anyone that's never heard Youth Today before. I agree. It's, good, it's yeah. not just like it's not uh, all just like you know the. Um, I don't know. I mean, in the, in, if I would have compiled this compilation, I would have put Disengage on it. Uh, I think so too. Yeah. I was actually surprised that yeah, that wasn't what was chosen. But yeah, like the direction it took, like with all the hits in the beginning, and you know where the label was heading, and you know the focus on melody. I, I'm really surprised they didn't put disengage on it. Yeah. I and I also am not sure. I'm assuming this is the remixed, so that might be why because this came out shortly before they did oh, that's those right. remixes. Yeah. So they probably wanted to do this to kind of like push the remixes and not like because disengage wasn't redone or anything. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of I was kind of surprised too that they um, they didn't. Uh, go with disengage because it would have fit nicely i think with because it it kind of shows it was kind of a precursor to some of the more emotional stuff because it had a lot more melody um no fun at all oh uh, man uh, wow this is skipper uh. this song's a skipper for me wait Jason. what do you got were you gonna say something so you you guys remember when you did like a few weeks ago you did the far side episode and you guys talked about the track Lala Palooza. Yeah. No fun at all, Millen Colin and Satanic Surface, the whole Burning Heart scene. When that came around, that was my Lala Palooza moment. Mm. I was so bummed out when that when those bands like the, the bands were great and they you know they came from the right place. Like and nowadays I know most of those dudes, but their fans were like skate shocks, you know. Like uh, I was at some point, I was like, "Where are these people coming from?" You know, with their backpacks and just stage diving, like total idiots, and you know, like mocking the bands and you know throwing McDonald's wrappers at propaganda. And, and I was like, "No fun at all." Fell into that category. I was 
so turned off by that whole scene. I hated it. Man. Yeah, the lyrics are so, just too silly for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, there are certain genres within punk and hardcore that I'm, I'm very picky with. Metal, metallic hardcore is one. It's, it's hard to win me over. There's a few bands I love. Um, and when I say metallic, I'm not talking Cro-Mags. I mean, like, you know, the, like, Hav shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this Fat Records sound, the skate punk stuff, like, I like, like, you mentioned Propagandi, um, but I think Propagandi also turned into something way different anyway. Like, really, they they were way more punk and I don't know. They just write better. They write better songs, better lyrics, better songs. Um, you know, I love, I love good riddance. Um, but again, good riddance, I think we're coming from more of a hardcore place, you know, um, this song, like it almost got ska for a minute. Like it felt like it was like, had that ska beat. And I was just like, you know, to quote a friend of mine, this is not for me. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is, this, this, this is my not track. I think, you, like um, I just, I couldn't, I was just like, yeah, I don't like this. Did you have the fat music for fat people comp there? I did. And I, like I said, I like, um, in later years, I've, you know, there's some lag and stuff I enjoy. Um, but I don't really find, like, I don't really listen to that stuff. Like I, I, um, I like no effects. You know, they're, no they had effects. like a, they had a, what's that? You like them, huh? I love no effects. Yeah. They had a real sweet spot, I think, for a while, like in the early mid nineties. I don't care what they're doing now, but yeah. like they're like punk and drublick and white trash and, um, you know, even heavy petting zoo and so long. And thanks for the shoes. Like I like those, but yeah, this, this just sounded like it's not my style. No, no disrespect, but this was, this was definitely like one that, you know, this is one of those comps where I feel like in the background you can put it on and not skip. But I think this one got to a point where I was almost like I might have to skip. I think I also skipped this one. Back then. You could just you know say that li- you could you could almost say that listening to it was no fun at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 um at this point. Uh, I think that the other day I was listening to this on Spotify and I turned it off so that I could stop wasting my time listening to this album. And I put on <laughs> something that I wanted to actually wanted to listen and, to. You know, I, I, I feel bad. Like, look, anybody that takes the time to write and record a song and stuff like I, I give respect. And I always, that's why a lot of times I don't like to, you know, I like to try and find the good. I just, this just isn't my style. But I guess if people are, you know, like Oise said, there was that whole burning heart scene that even then I lumped this in with that. Like I kind of knew like this is more for like the dudes that like to wear, you know, backwards baseball caps and chain wires. And beat me up like two weeks prior. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> maybe that informed maybe that informed it too. But you know, I mean, hey, they're on a comp with some great bands like I, you know good uh, that's the thing that's that's my thing is like all these bands are great like we could stop talking about this record right now 
because we've already we've already gone through a lot of this stuff. But I know you want to get Oise's point of view on all this. But the rest of this record, <laughs> the rest of this record, the CD, we've already heard all these songs. At we, all. And and well, I mean, not not in real time, no, but like we have. But yeah. if if I'm gonna listen to these, like I'd rather sit down and listen to the whole album of start today. Same bringing it down or bold. So th- that's why to me this is uh it's a hard and uh well, we're taking I, it in the context too, at least I am, and I realize that of the digital age, sure, where like it's so easy. But again, for a kid that maybe saw, hey, I saw people talking about gorilla biscuits and yeah, say in Texas is the reason. I mean, this was a great way for them to kind of get into it. But yeah, uh, I guess we're on start to or new direction. New direction, yeah. Um, weird without horns. Like it. Like you're just so used to hearing the horns first that it throws you off. I'm kind of surprised they didn't choose the song Start Today. Ah, okay. Just because that, you know, that song is just, you know, but it's Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah. Boise, really are you wrong. you're more of a you're more of a biscuit man than a youth of today man, I take it? Way more, but I'm also way more a cis man than a gorilla biscuits man. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that have that same viewpoint that uh, that they like set your goals better than start today. So I've heard it before. Yeah, I, yeah. I would like I just think set your goals is way it's great. perfect. But it's great. And Gorilla Biscuit Stock today is an amazing album. Don't get me wrong, but I, if I would have to choose, I would always go for Set Your Goals. All right. Up I next. liked it without the horns at the beginning. And I think of this, probably hearing this song, which is not something we've taken into consideration yet, because I think I was already into a lot of the bands on this comp. Hob was into a lot of these bands, into a lot of bands on this comp. If you don't know any better and you just pick this up because it was $5, I would imagine that Gorilla Biscuits is probably something that maybe turned you on to getting deeper into hardcore. I thought you were just going to say sure. it maybe turned you on. Maybe turned you on a bit. <laughs> hey, why not? I'm sure you're blood yeah. pumping. But yeah. it's funny because it is different hearing it without the horns because it's like, it is, it's the precursor to that first Saves the Day record that they purposely open with the same. Um, you know, they, they've said like they did it, you know, as a little tip of the hat to yeah i didn't even know that until until Um, just now knowledge bank baby i know the knowledge bank knowledge bank is open for business it's it's a bank it's not a banking holiday um (laughs) so yeah i mean gorilla biscuits jesus we did you know we talked about gorilla biscuits start today for five hours or something but let's be honest you could probably talk about it for another hour no i can't (laughs) i'm done talking about it <laughs> Until they do a deluxe reissue for Ray. there you go deluxe yeah, reissue like, coming soon with like demos and outtakes and like all the stuff would buy sure yeah if they put out a discography CD that had literally everything on it I'd buy I would probably purchase that like spend money on it all right let's skip to the state of the nation <laughs> what state do you got, of the nation. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't got anything. I'm I'm skipping this song. Damn. This is Boise. Greg's this is Greg's realm. Uh, I saw them opening up uh, for Fugazi in Prague. Oh, wow, that's cool. 
I think it was them in Lifetime, if I remember correctly. That was a great year because at the same time, I think they talked about it when Four Walls Falling and Sandsfield toured mm-hmm. and Lifetime and State of the Nation toured at the same time and they crossed over like Europe. Like it was almost like, I think that's uh, four shows or something with the four bands. And then I saw them opening up for Fugazi. That was great. I really liked the artwork. The mural that's on the cover of the State of the Nation record with Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Fidel Castro, I think that one looks great. I think it's it's funny, at, at the time, I remember maybe even in the early days of like the Rev website, seeing that it was X Gorilla Biscuits, Far uh-huh. Side, uh-huh. and um inside out and that yeah. really just threw me for a loop because i didn't know and i was like gorilla biscuits like who uh, i actually thought it was a mistake at first i was like uh, maybe like you know i didn't know that mark hayworth had done some time in gorilla biscuits sure um so at the time i don't think this song resonated but now uh, i think it kicks ass but it's not even the best song on that record like I there's think- other songs they could have chosen i think um, that may have grabbed a little more. It's not a bad song. It's the lead-off song on the record. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I like this song. I thought it was... Hearing this song on this comp is was kind of my only exposure to State of the Nation until we started doing the episodes, and we dug a little deeper. But I always liked the song. I thought it was cool. I think the vocals have a good feel to them that kind of reminds me... I would imagine that the singer for At The Drive-In maybe likes State of the Nation. It's oh, kind of got some of that Ooh. same waviness in his voice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, 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 and somebody else actually brought up to me when we were talking about State of the Nation. They're like, they, they said, I think he has a good voice for this style. I really like his voice a lot. Um, I think, uh, you know, in the J Tree record and and on the Rev record. Um, yeah, good band, cool band. I'm, I'm glad. That's one. I'm glad, you know, that I was able to discover through the pod find their records pretty cheap and uh you know some new jams what's next um beta minus mechanic do you know anything about this band someone from this band went on to be an earth crisis right one um, of the edwards brothers is that it eric edwards yeah, was was in earth crisis um, he played on Breed the Killers and Slither and Freya. I think and, he's still with them uh, now. Yeah. Neutralize the threat. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's wild. That connection is unbelievable. So they must have been from, I guess, upstate New York. Yeah. And then someone uh, was in Another Victim, uh, another one of those, you know, heavy earth crisis bands. And yeah, uh, two members of another victim actually. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, this was like dudes that were into heavy bands who d- decided to do something not as heavy. You know what I mean? And uh, I, you know what? It's okay to me. The '69 Camaro record on Crisis. It's okay to me. I don't love it, but. Um, when it came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I appreciate that these guys are doing something different with their time, for sure. Yeah, the ba- I really like that baseline. Like, it has this super driving baseline. That's uh-huh. good. But yeah. I don't think I ever listened to the full album ever. 
Was it like the purple artwork? Yes, I think so, right? The painted purple. Because yeah, that, the, had, that's the full uh, length on um, on Crisis that came out in 97. It's like a painting. Yeah. The first one was yeah, just... Because, uh, yeah, because I had a distro and I remember buying that record to sell in my distro and nobody wanted to buy it. Yeah, uh-huh. that's my memory about Beta <laughs> Never heard it. The LP. This song was not offensive, but like it didn't. No, it didn't make me want to. Like I wasn't like fuck. Add this to the to do list. Listen to the record. Um, yeah. Whereas the chinchilla had me mildly curious, hence saying to Hav that I would take his LP off his hands because like like it, it sounded like something just so out of left field for sure. this label and yeah. and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was like like again, sort of like body jar. I put it in the same like class where like wasn't bad, but if so, if it was playing on a movie or something, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's beta minus mechanic. I'd be like, yeah. I think I might know who this is, but I don't know who it is. And then there's no more crisis stuff. Like so I said, the that sequen- it? there's that's it. That's all one, the crisis. Two, three, that's four, all the crisis. Five, right? six, seven, eight, nine, ten songs left, all rev. Yeah. Oh, okay. Omission. And thankfully, no more burning hot stuff. Like I'm yeah. thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> Omission, quicksand. Shit rips. And I think this is a different mix, right? Did you notice yeah, some differences in the in the song? Because I did. Yeah, and it's not the it's not the slip version, obviously. Yeah, either. of course. But I noticed there was like an extra backup for the fall, and then there was like Walter saying, "Huh," oh, and I think they cut that out, right? I have to replay it. I, I probably wasn't paying too close attention because, again, I knew the song, so I was just kind of yeah. like working okay. or whatever. I was listening um, to it in the headphones and no sit. This was my first time hearing that song. I only knew Manic Compression when oh, this interesting. came out. I didn't, I didn't know Slip, um, and I, I didn't think this was as good as Manic Compression. Um, but then I heard Slip like about a year later, and I was like, but uh and i love the match but like slip is just fucking slip like it's mm-hmm. <clears throat> so had this been the slip version which again would have been impossible because it wasn't on revelation i feel like I, my mind would have exploded um because that song is amazing but boise quicksand perfect quicksand man yeah I'm a perfect man. It's not hype, no chamber then, unfortunately. It is not. It is not. <laughs> but it, I'm, I think I'm in the same camp as Greg. I think I only owned many compression at that point. I don't think we could get a hand on the other records. It might have been the first time hearing that song ever. I might yeah. be wrong, or I might have had the CD, the slipcase CD. I don't think so yet. Great. Manic compression song. was everywhere, I felt like. Yeah. Cause it was on Island and yeah. you know, at, in the, you know, a lot of times I think like the older CDs would be harder to find. Like, so stores would stock the new album. So that, yeah. that was the new one in 95 and that was the one that was easy to get. Um, yeah. But man, I love quicksand. Obviously I'm here wearing a quicksand suit as we yes, speak. Great. Uh, you know, I love quicksand song. too. Yeah. You know what I don't love? What? Don't say Underdog. 
Damn. I tried and listened to that song and the genius behind Into Another, Richie Birkenhead is in that band. So I tried to find anything good about this song. And the only good thing is the Celtic Frost inspired at the beginning. And the rest is unlistenable for me. Oh, damn. <laughs> and uh, I think it's the only underdog song I ever heard, and I have no desire to listen to another one. Oh, see, oh, let, me, let me stop you because I felt the same way. I heard this and I was like, when you know, when I was 15 or whenever I got the CD, like I said, and I was like, this is underdog? And I wasn't, now I like it, I'll, you know, full disclosure. But at the time, I remember being like, no. And then I heard Vanishing Point, the album they did with Chuck Tree on guitar. And even though the recording is very dated sounding, very like echoey and stuff, that made me an underdog fan. Um, okay. So I would say I, this song is just, there were so many other songs they could have chosen to put on here. This was a really weird choice. And I will say, looking at the track listing, one more time, it's literally the most puzzle. Well, there's another puzzling choice I'll get to in a minute. Two more. The, the top three most puzzling choices <laughs> as far as like songs to get people into them. And this is excluding Iceburn because they're their own thing. This is one of them. And then the other ones actually come up later on. Because um, there's just so many better. Almost any song, song or demos besides this song. Really? I think yeah. this song's sick. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, now I, I'm into it, but like, yeah. as far as like to get into Underdog, I, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I'll quick, you know. I'll take a cursory. Yeah, glance do it. Because you got at, the ooh, and you got the drum break. I don't know. I the fuck that song great. a lot. The ooh's cool. I get that, <laughs> but the, the lyrics Ooh-ah. are also horrible. The oh, are terrible, dude! I like the lyrics. Really? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know. That's the guy that wrote her before. That's the guy who wrote Underlord. Like, he probably was 10 years younger, you know. Frontside Grind? You're telling me that Frontside Grind would have been. Uh, Frontside Grind was my hot track for Um, the demos. Mass Movement? Mass Movement? You know, show some of the the reggae reggae influence. I I just think that was a great injustice to Underdog, a band that I love, Um, because I don't think it really showed their whole scope but again hey whatever so i i avoided on i didn't get demos because of this and then i don't know what caused me to buy um vanishing point when go-kart reissued it like i think in 98 and i did and then i was like oh this is awesome and then they got back together and i saw them and they were great um but just this is an odd, it's an odd choice that's all i can say Bringing it down? I think an odd choice. Why? What else would you have put? I would have probably put Take Me Away. Mm. Nah. No. I think this is a good choice. Yeah, I mean, it's the title track from the album, and it's a good song. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a fine choice for this. And it's nice and compact, kind of shows a little bit of everything that Judge has to offer. Yeah. The drums sound fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is yeah. great. I the mean, drum I intro this. is amazing. The drum yeah. intro is, yeah. Um, All right. What's next? Uh, Super, Super Touch. Touch. 
Oh, another band that has one good song, and that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because Jason, it's not the Jason, song from the anti-meta company. Jason, no. That song's great, but Jason came over to my side. I I, I, I did. I did. I fully roped him over to Team Super Touch. Yeah, the, the again, power of the pod. I'm yeah. now Team Super Touch, Team State of the Nation. Yeah. By the uh, way, that episode was so great. The Earth is Flat episode. I loved it because I thought Mark Ryan, that's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah was such an interesting character and I loved how he talked about the influences on the record and I think the artwork's amazing the pictures are so good and the whole look of it and I tried to listen to it and it didn't do anything for me um, it finally clicked well, I wish I haven't yeah, gone well, back this uh, CD didn't do it I think I just kind of heard and I was like what's what is, what is this like I was like this doesn't and then when I was like a freshman in college I somehow for whatever reason i decided to give the earth is flat a chance and i just fucking loved it and now you what know, do you that's think it does of, that what's that why do you think it's one of those records that people have to go back to and then they can get into it after a certain amount because of time? it's not just straightforward like something like youth of, yeah something like youth of today you're either gonna like it or you're not yeah um and maybe if you've never heard something that aggressive it might take a bit because his voice we talk about youth of today is like you know, you don't, you know, that's to your ears because you got to think someone like me that's coming from the first hardcore you hear is maybe Black Flag, My War. You can understand what Rollins is saying or Minor Threat. You know, they had a little bit of a, a melody to the vocal still. And then you hear something like make a change, you know, make a change. And you're like, what the hell? And I think Super Touch, it is a hardcore record. But it's it's not it, it's like not as immediate like it's not it's just weird yeah you know what I mean like they don't sound like they don't nobody like they don't sound like anybody That's I don't a good think. point um, and then but and I was even I remember talking about this with our friend Balaram Shakti like you listen to like the later Scream records and like the DC stuff and then you're like. Oh, that's like super tough. You had to work it in there. You had to do it. They had, but they had that groove, but like the the melody and like the the rock, and then that's I loved that interview too. You know, Biv talking about how he was into the Who and you know all this stuff, and I just think this song is awesome on here, and it might have even been my hot track on the album. I just think it's a great was it. I th- it might have been. I love okay. the backups. The guy from American Standard, uh, you know, they talked about. But at the time, I wasn't ready for the song, so I think I just kind of was like, "Yeah, no." I listened to a podcast with uh, Ari from Lifetime, and he was talking about how when Lifetime started, he just wanted to do what Mark Ryan did, and I thought that was cool. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Because, he was a big because I love, yeah, I love that. Super Touch song on the Anti-Meta compilation so much. I think it's one of the best tracks on the Anti-Meta comp. And nothing else they ever released does it for me. And I'm like still looking for the other Super Touch What about song Searching for the Light? Searching for the Light? Yeah, yeah that's okay. Ooh, huh. I agree. Maybe their new one will get you. They're supposedly <laughs> finishing up the new record. So maybe 2022. Yeah. 
the year we'll the see, touch. I keep trying. I keep trying because I love yeah. the artwork so much. I'll <laughs> give it another try. Do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love Inside that. Out. Like, that was the moment I think I was sold on them too. Like I'm listening to the first song on the album and then you hear like, you know, I've been drinking and you're like, okay, this is weird. This is on rev. And it's like, and, uh, but when he hits that, yeah, I was like, okay, this is fucking cool. And then that was it. I was a fan for life. Next in, uh, inside out. Never heard of funny it. Side, funny side note. When this comp came out, they also re-released the Inside Out CD EP in 96. And I think that's when Evil Empire came out. And the distributor put a sticker on the Inside Out CD that said, check this out. Really evil. The first band from the singer of Rage Against the Machine. Interesting. It was ah. so cheesy and yeah. so... like. The, <laughs> Check this out, really evil, explanation mark, explanation mark, explanation mark. But I think it got a lot of people into Inside Out, so it might have done some good. Yeah. I knew, I believe, yeah, I, I had Inside Out by this point. Um, I mean, God, what more can you say? What a great, great band, um, even though they were just, you know, in, in in the grand scheme of things, they were this little blip on the radar, but. What a fucking yeah. blip. You know, uh, I'm in a Christian Accord band in 2021, and uh, the subject came up of songs to cover, and someone brought this up in the group chat, and I said, I will never, ever, ever cover this song. Good on you. It's I wouldn't want to cover any of the, you know, it's it's all been, I've, I mean, remember, I feel like in the 90s, you'd go to a show, and this whole seven inch would be, the whole inside out yeah. seven inch would be covered. You could You could hear a lot of it, yeah. But what was it? Why did you not want to cover the song up? Because 108 covered it all the time. Yeah, and that's or the thing. 108 it. covered it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I don't know, but in the context of this compilation, when this song came on, I was like, oh my God. Inside I, just, out. I don't even, I mean, I don't even think this is the best Inside Out song, but I, I agree I with even, you. I also I understand think, that it's, this is a compilation that's intended to bring people in to buy records. So, sure, yeah. Why not? It would have been kind of cool if they put, um, one of the bonus tracks from the CD on there uh -huh. instead, like sacrifice, um, you know, instead of this. Cause I <laughs> think what's gracious. funny is on the seven inch and no, look, no spiritual surrender is a great fucking song. It's my least favorite of the four songs on the seven inch. Could it be because it's been covered to death? Yeah. I don't know, but like burning fight undertow by a thread. I like all those songs more than this. And this song is still, straight fire but it's just something has to be least you know yeah but i listened to this with headphones on when i went running to do my homework for the episode and i love that you can hear zach just fucking breathing before he before he busts into the uh beginning i'm just saying oh, yeah. stuff yeah <sighs> psyching himself up and Fuck. then that non-planned shit and the non-planned feedback is a a definite must. So this sequencing works inside out into shelter. Sure. Yeah. Um, I must say one, I was very confused when I heard that shelter song. Me because too. Because I knew attaining the Supreme and that was it. Yeah. Same thing. Attaining and mantra must have been out. And I was very confused to hear this song. <laughs> 
Does it sound yeah. so punkish? Yeah, because it was so raw and so rough. Yeah. I mean, I had that videotape, that uh, Equal Vision video, what's it called? Sankirtana Yana. Yeah. And Lost and Found did a version of it with a shitty, you know, Xerox green cover. Oh, okay. crazy. And, uh, and I watched it all the time, and I was also very confused by the VHS because I didn't know any of the songs. The only song I knew was uh, Shelter, the, the yeah, the track shelter. So uh, I, I didn't know there was a, a rough version of shelter before attaining the Supreme. Uh-huh. Very confusing to me. You have a favorite shelter record? Attaining the Supreme. Mm. My man, mine too. 100%. So I, and, and Perfection of Desire, I don't think it was even still in print at that point. It wasn't. It threw it me off right? too because, like, the almost like surf guitar intro. Very strange. But now, <laughs> now, I, I, now I love it. Like, yeah. I love, I love perfection of desire. But I think, yeah, at the time I was like, um, I'll stick with attaining the supreme. I didn't even hear mantra at that point yet until I don't oh, think okay. maybe I did. This is way different than both of them. Yeah. How, so, what's your so take on this one? Perfection's your favorite shelter, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Uh, I like this song. It's it's to me. This is a continuation. This almost sounds like a continuation of the Disengage record. I thought that's what I thought when I heard it. It was just yeah. wasn't to to my ears. It wasn't as like it wasn't as good as any of the songs on this Disengage. I was going to uh-huh. say Disintegration, uh-huh. which. Almost nothing is as good as the songs yeah. on Disintegration, but um, but uh, it's cool. But again, not not the song I would have chosen. I probably would have done Society based on bodies. In fact, yeah, that was my oh. that was my other one. Was that I, I said that I would have picked a different song or the original mm-hmm. Shelter to really fuck with people. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I don't know. I think turn it around too would have been. Yeah, yeah. Turn choice. it around could have worked. Um, but hey, whatever. Who am I to judge? Oh, even though I shall, shall be, be judged. judged. Ah, yo, one of the greatest fucking hardcore songs of all time. Burn shall be judged. Yeah. You know what's funny though. I, it didn't grab me when I f- had the CD back then. I don't, I, I really literally, didn't. I, I didn't, I think I heard it. You know, I, I realized too, something I realized as we're talking, I was so entrenched in straight edge that if a band wasn't straight edge hardcore, I was kind of like, well, I may as well listen to, you know, whatever else. Like, Nirvana. so like Burn and Super Touch and Underdog, like they weren't straight edge bands. It's a, terrible closed-minded way of thinking but them. i mean i was 15 yeah. so i think i was just kind of like eh. and i knew orange nine millimeter and i thought they were cool um and then you know maybe around the time of like the late the late 90s i came around to the glory that is burn i mean this is one of the best seven inches ever is the burn yeah. record and I wish that I could say I had this aha moment when I played this song on the comp and was like, holy shit, (laughs) but I'd be lying. And one of the things we vowed to do on here is tell the truth and not try to, you know, rewrite history. So yeah, this, this one did nothing for me at the time. 
Like I thought, it's okay, but I'd rather listen to you for today. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the first time I heard Burn. Can tell, probably was, and I was blown away. You know, when you have one of those moments where you feel so strongly about something and somebody else is articulating it for you. Like, yeah. And when I heard that song, I was like, I couldn't believe how, like I literally, I thought like somebody understands how I'm feeling and what I would like to say about this topic. And does it in such a poetic, yeah. And does it in such a poetic and perfect way with a song that's so powerful and insane. So the drums, man, like, yeah, I mean, everything about the burn, the end of the song, the da 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 It's just everything about that song is perfect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I wonder if it's the first time I heard it. It might have been. I'm not trying to make myself look cooler than I. <laughs> Into another. To be free. Uh, it's this really, was my other one for a very weird choice. Yeah, really interesting, okay. interesting choice here. I mean, it had just come out. Like they were probably putting this comp together when they put out that seven inch. Yeah. But why not do poison fingers then? Yeah, man. Ah. Uh, very strange. But it has some wrong info here in the booklet. It says this song is from Poison Fingers EP, but everybody knows it's from the Herbie War 7 inch. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Well, you know what's uh, this song threw me off big time because I didn't listen to into another then. And I remember being like, this is weird as fuck. But I I kept listening to it. Like I kept finding myself coming back to it. But being like, do I like this or is this like funny? Like, you know, when you're that young, you almost think like something weird is like funny. At least I would like I'd be like, like, is 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 this a serious? Because, you know, Richie's voice is wild. Um, funny, like the Dick Nasty solo in Ambulance song. Yeah, like something like that. that. <laughs> like I was almost like, is this like but then the more I heard it and the lyrics and I was like, oh, this is like fucking cool. But not a song for an initiate to into another like underlord would have been cool you know i'm thinking of something that would be a good like intro to the band i love this song but i i i and i think it did though it did its job because it did make me investigate more like this is one this in the sense field were ones that really made me be like okay i, I gotta check this out uh. You know what did not make me check anything out? The bold song. Looking mm. back. Looking back, I don't even like, this might be the only bold song I ever heard in my life. And I, again, the same as with Underdog, I can't believe that such talented people, Tom Capone and uh, Drew, right? Drew's the yeah. drummer for both. Oh, yeah. How they ended up in such amazing bands. And I don't, I don't understand why bold is such a cult classic. All right, I got to go now. Javier, who just posted a bold is better than the Beatles meme. <laughs> Straight up. Good about it. Young Blood Records. I saw yeah. they made that, which is, yeah. dude, I love bold. What's funny is I don't remember hearing this song at all because, to, like, and I didn't, I didn't know bold then. And I don't remember hearing this on this comp. I heard Speak Out first. So I've either never got this far in the comp, maybe because I kept playing the Into Another. 
or I just don't remember it. But to me, the bold, well, this isn't even on the bold seven inch. This was one of the songs that they ended up putting on when they put looking back on the 12 yeah. inch, but that's the best bold stuff. Yeah. I love this. It even, has dub, it even has double bass drum on it. I'm actually off. shocked you're not into it. Like, if you heard not that. Not at all. I, okay, I'm going to come clean here on the podcast. I've, a friend of mine gave me a bold shirt, and I was such a poser that I would put it on for a week, and then I gave it away. <laughs> and I was 15 years old. <laughs> for a week, I was Dude, they had the best because shirt. I really, because the logo well, I, yeah. was cool, and there was a... And I, I can pull it off. I have never heard a single song by that band. And then I heard a song and I didn't even like it. So. Oh, man. I love both. I'm glad. Actually, I'm Jason. Yeah. Didn't didn't I also? I think I pulled the pod, the power of the pod really made you team bold as well. I mean, I always loved it. I always loved the seven inch. And I always loved love the looking back stuff. Yeah. 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 I, dude, but, I would still love to talk to Tom Capone someday on this. Me too. Get his take on Perfection Desire and the seven inch and looking back, but yeah, I mean, speak out is definitely way rougher than the seven inch. I mean, it sounds completely different. But. And best merch, like them and chain, I just think had the best merch. Like you can't go wrong with a bold shirt with that classic logo. Yeah, for sure. I don't yeah. know. Like you, Boise, what color was your bold shirt? It was a uh, dark blue with a silver print on it. Okay. The one that aged well is the purple one, the purple long sleeve. Shit looks awesome now. <laughs> like I have, I have a bold hoodie, and I'll, I have some items on Depop. I'm not putting that bold hoodie. I, a couple hoodies, I'm like, uh, like that hoodie. It's and I usually don't like pocket print, but it's got like the pocket print, and I actually like it on the hoodie. And then the back, it's a champion. It's a newer design, but I was like, yeah, I'm holding on to this. I don't know. I, just, I love their merch and I love the band, and uh, that's all I got on bold. Fair enough. Would you have ended the comp with that song? Then I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I love engine kid, but again, this no, 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 I'm saying like, if you put this comp together, I think looking oh, back is a better ending song than the engine kid song. Yeah. Or they could have ended it with, I hate to say it. What? They could have chose a different judge song and they could have ended it with where it went. It could have ended it oh, with yeah. truth till death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, looking back would have kind of been a nice ending, but maybe it's too obvious. That's true too. So I mean, finally, speaking speaking of Ancient Kid, I think there was some clever marketing putting that song on there because that song doesn't sound like anything else on that record for no. once. No, B, it, it sounds like way more like Midwestern emo. Even the lyrics, "Driving You in My Car" kind of stuff, it sounds almost like Christy Front Drive. So it kind of ties the whole thing together with Sensefield in Texas at the beginning and Ancient Kid at the end. But I don't think Ancient Kid was fairly represented on that comp. I don't yeah. either, but this song, it's funny because they talked about it in the interview, how this song was just such an outlier, you know, yeah. for because people, I think, heard this comp and got into them. And then you hear the album and it's this like noisy, heavy you know, yeah. Melvin. It's a real bait and it's a real bait and switch. Blast, you know, like songs that sound like blast and songs that sound like yeah. slint and all this stuff. But it's a great song, you know, I, honestly. Yeah, it's good. But I thought they're gonna sound more like Christy 
or you know those bands. Same. And I was like, when I heard the album, I was like blown away by how heavy it was. Like it was not what I expected. Are you Never a fan marketing. of? Hmm. I dig them. Like not everything they did ever aged great, but a lot of the stuff aged well. I think. Yeah. And I, just I, I just love I love hear Greg talk about it on the in the podcast. Like his perspective is so unique. Like his his development or his musical evolution is trajectory. So yeah. Yeah, it's it is amazing. because you got to think so many of the people that did these bands, they went on, they did the post hardcore thing. They did their, you know, the quicksands and the orange nine and into another is a whole other thing too. But then Greg did the, you know, he was, I think he was ahead of his time with his, cause like he got into like the more of the, the doom stuff and the metal and the noisy stuff. But, um, this song did not make me grab the engine kid stuff. I didn't get into them until years later. Like, I think I listened was like, this is kind of cool. And then that was it. I wonder, the concert, if they were, uh, I wonder if they were another band that did not benefit from being on ref. Mm. Like if this would have been on sub pop, I think they would have done well on sub pop. Sure. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. But, I think so too. Or even like, what was popular at the time? Like Hydra Head? Would they have fit in there? Um, what's like, was like Unwound in those bands? Were they on Sub Pop? Uh, un- Amphetamine yeah, Reptile, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah, or or even Kill Rock Stars. Yeah. Although Kill Rock Stars, then they had like Elliot's and everything. So yeah. uh, who knows? I think they were excited to be on Rev just because, you know, Greg, well, they, they all came from the scene where having the rev star, I mean, look at Texas. Yeah. You know, they were like, we wanted to be on rev, but um, it's definitely a bait and switch as far as the engine kid sound. And I, they kind of did that on purpose. And I got to give respect. Like it's kind of, it's yeah. almost like a fun little like inside joke. Like, yeah, we're going to get them with this song. And then, you know, they're going to hear the rest and it's like way different. Um, yeah. Because I think that Angel Wings record is fantastic, um, but in 1996 I would not have thought that. I'd have been like, "What the fuck is this?" Sure, you know, just like <laughs> with the ice burn. But another we, one that we, got we, me to the power of the pot, Engine Kid. Engine Kid, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all I knew it from them was this song before we started doing the podcast, yeah. and I dove into Angel Wings, and it's an awesome record. So, and that. I said that, yeah, then that Bach the Box that they just, it's cool. They just put out a new uh, flexi disc, their first songs in like 26 years or something. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, Southern Lord. Um, yeah, Power of the Pod, man. Iceburn, Iceburn and Engine Kid were my like real, and State of the Nation, they were my real like Power of the Pod uh, for sure. So, Hot Tracks. Are we gonna? Are we even gonna do hot tracks for this? Yeah. No. yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I have an explanation for mine. Like it's not just like uh, mine's just gonna be like I'm just gonna close my eyes and point to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hav, you. There has to be a hot track. Like when you look at this, there has to be one where you're like, all right, if I had to pick. Just uh, think about yeah, this. Shall way. be judged. Of course, Burn, Burn okay. shall be judged as my favorite song on this record. Okay. Good choice. Yeah. 
because I, I looked at it like this Mojack when they do like the it's almost a chance to pick a hack that maybe would have been a runner up on the record. Yeah. In other words, like okay. say say your favorite burn song was Godhead on the on the burn seven inch. Sure. You could you could pick Shall Be Judged here. You get like a little like uh, chance. <laughs> Jason. Yo. Do you have a hot track? I do. Got to be no spiritual surrender. I mean, inside out is just fucking awesome. And when you listen to seven inch, if you're in a swimming pool and someone throws water on you, you don't notice it. But if you're in the if you're dry and someone throws a glass of water in your face, this shit got me. It's awesome. Did that analogy make any sense at all? Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little lost. So you, you like you, you're saying like you like to swim laps while you listen to Inside Out. Yes, that's what I'm saying with my headphones on, and that's how I notice Zach's breathing so well. But uh, no, the shit's super intense. It's just fucking a, a great song. And no, I think, that, I, I think uh, I know what you mean. Is is in the context of this comp? Tell me if I'm right. In the context of this compilation, it really brought out the intensity of Inside Out because when you're listening to the whole seven inch, you know. Yeah, this whole thing it's is intense. intense. Yeah. When the song comes up after, um, you know, Super it, Touch. Yeah. No disrespect to Super Touch. Touch. It's a different kind of band, right? So then you hear this, and it's like almost jarring. Like when I talked about the production of Shades Apart, like you almost don't notice until you hear something before, and then yeah, you have like the you get in the cold shower or whatever. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. So Oisey will go last because you know he's he's our guest of honor. My hot track. I thought about this a while because I was like, well, am I going to pick like what's the best song of these or what's and I, I went with kind of a combination of thinking. And I said, because of my love for sense field that started from this comp, it's building. I just think when I heard that song, that was I was I was hooked. Like I was like, I need to hear more by sense field. And that's just a great song. And uh like there was no other song on here that I could have kind of bestowed that on. Like it was just something about the sense field. Like I already knew the Texas song, you know, and the ones I didn't know, like we already talked about, they kind of took a while to marinate and become favorites. Mm -hmm. But the sense field was immediate first listen. I was like, this is awesome. So sense field building. Boise. Sense field building. And for a, because there's a very specific memory attached to it, because uh, around when this came out, 95, 96, we, there was a Hare Krishna farm around where I grew up in the middle of the Bavarian forest. And we started spending time there. And, you know, we got up really early, 3.40, uh, 3.45 in the morning, 4 o'clock, hang out with the devotees, da, da, da. And then we left the farm and we went back home and we kind of liked getting up so early, but we didn't know what to do with ourselves. Like I got up at four in the morning, I set my alarm clock, but I didn't have a meditation practice. I didn't chant or anything. I was like sitting in my room at 4 a.m. and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I put this compilation on and it starts with building. And that's like a memory, like that's going to stay with me for a long time. Just being very confused teenager. <laughs> It's such a good, I don't know, like a, that, that building album is a, is a, you know, I already gushed about it. I don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's just great. And like this, like I said, this song is awesome. Awesome. That's we really it. talked about this compilation. 
Yeah, we did it. Songs. Hey, we didn't talk about it real quick. Steve what? Salba's on the cover. Is that who that is, Salba? Mm-hmm. Thank Steve you. Salba. Yeah, I yeah. was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, a couple, couple weird things. Um, I do like the photos on the insert because some of these photos are not in the albums. Yeah. And so, like the uh, the into another photo, right? It looks like it's an maybe an outtake, like it's a, from the same session, but maybe mm-hmm. a different photo. And then, um, you know, it's it's cool to see the different ones. This at the time came out on compact disc, but there is a cassette version of it. Uh, they are. You know, I've stated before, I believe that Malaysia makes the best bootlegs. So there's a Malaysian, I, I don't know if it's a bootleg uh, I or if they, they, whatever, but there's volume one and volume two because it's so long that I can't go on one cassette. So volume one is the first 12 songs and then volume two is the subsequent 13 songs. And they also came out in 96 and 97 so they didn't come out at the same time it was like oh well here's tape one and then a year later it's like oh here's tape two um it's iye records maybe they uh you know licensed it from rev or maybe they just put it out but uh, you know just in the mail the other day i got this bootleg um quest for certainty uh cassette from nice. Malaysia and oh yeah uh, I'm trying to read the liner notes on Discogs and I can't see too much like I'm trying to see like, like um like who did the like I always th- I thought for a compilation I thought the layout was kind of cool like I liked it they had the numbers and it like stopped at 50 yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then the inside it looks like has you know the transparent like so you can see what the albums are, but the numbers are on top. Um, it's it's late nineties design at, at its yeah. best. Yeah, I and, was, and, I yeah, was really bummed when I saw the cover because the skateboard has all these stickers on it, and I was back then. I remember being bummed that there was no Seven Seconds or Sif song on the comp. Ah, uh, okay, mm, makes sense. And yeah. then did we ever look and it has a picture? For oh, dude, he's band. got a state of the nation sticker. Did we ever get a confirmation about what was in the 56 page zine? No, we I didn't. had that zine. I think. Did you have that motherfucker? Yes, how come so when I put it on the discord, you didn't respond to me? I don't, I don't, I, I, I must've missed that. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, it was a cat, so, so I'm, it was yeah. a catalog. If, if I recall, and someone maybe will know, and this is relevant to the episode. Because yeah. yeah, it was they had a zine and it had like top tens for some of the people or top fives or whatever. And it was like they had people uh from Rev bands pick like from the entire disc. Because remember, this is when Rev was really ramping up the distro. Like they were starting to distribute, you know, other titles too. Like they even had Discord stuff and they had whatever. And I remember um like Norm from Texas, he had one could have been maybe in a later rev catalog, but I remember he had like some records on there shutter to think, get your goat. Cause you know, they could carry some discord stuff. And I remember he had um, Bush 16 stone cause rev distributed the vinyl. And I remember thinking that was weird, but also like 
kind of cool because like Oise, like we talked about earlier, I was like, oh, like this dude doesn't give a fuck. Like he's gonna, you know, he's not, he's gonna say that he likes this Bush record. And we mentioned disintegration earlier. I remember Ken Olden had his, it was like top albums, and he put Cure Disintegration tied with Judge bringing it down, which not only is that the secret to the damnation formula, if yeah, you think about true. it, it's basically just the cure meets judge, you know, with sure. all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. But I knew and I kept it in my memory bank. I was like, if I ever get into the cure, I'm going to get that album. And that was the first cure album I bought. But it was like a catalog and it had, you know, all the stuff they distroed, little descriptions, I think. Um, I think you're making this all up. Yeah. I'm making it all up. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think? How many of those comps wrestled that been? A lot. Oh, dude, so lot. many. Yeah. But yeah, it's what? funny, you don't see them, like you see them on Discogs, but like I was hoping maybe I'd just stumble on, on like the dollar bin somewhere uh, to just have for the episode. And um, I haven't come across one. It's Kicker 666. He sold it to me for a decent Oh, yeah, price. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I bought my Iceburn uh, Medics Evolution CD off Discogs, and the person that sent it to me put po uh, Poetry of Fire CD in there instead. So it's got the Medics Evolutions case, and I put it in, in the car. And I was like, this sounds oddly familiar. Jesus. <laughs> Poetry of that Fire. sucks. Yeah. It sucks. I hate when that's happening. Got burned. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we got to say about this. I guess just this is you know by the time you're hearing this, this is the last episode of 2021. Um, but you know, there's only a couple days left by the time this uh, airs. So we wish everybody happy and healthy New Year. And patrons, you will still get content from from us for January. Yes, yeah, everybody tight. else. You will hear from us sometime in February with episode 51. Texas is the reason. Do you know who you are? With all your spare time that you have, go order some End Hits records from Death Wish Inc. in the U.S., endhitsrecords.com, elsewhere. And uh, thanks for listening. Yep. Bit of both. Right. Please don't. Dump pig blood on me now. Is this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>